Good morning, Murray Hill. We're so glad that you're here with us and that you're also with us online. Let's stand and join and sing as we worship our Creator together. I'm 
go ahead and have a seat. I want to welcome everybody that's here this morning with us in person, those who are with us online. I always like to, they always get a little nervous when I start talking, you know, because they never know what I'm going to say. Did you know that today is National Cheese Pizza Day? All right, but I got, better than that, Chad, Chad, this week, this is your week and my week, buddy, because from the 5th through the 11th 
is National Biscuits and Gravy Week. All right. All right. Doesn't hardly get any better than that. Okay, enough silliness. We want to welcome everybody to worship, let you know a few uh, announcements. One thing, Children's Sunday School is going to kick off again next week. And we'll have the in-person option and I believe the online option as well. So if you want details about that, contact us here at the church. Um, also, giving. Online giving is available. You can text to give. You can, uh, there's lots of different ways to give. Contact one of us here and, and find out about that. I want to say I'm so grateful for how faithful this fellowship has been during this entire period with giving. It's a, it's a wonderful thing, and uh, you are to be commended for that. Uh, did I miss anything? Okay. Well, enough silliness. Oh, one other thing. We have membership options. You know, if you'd like to be a member of the church, there is not much that's better than being a member of this fellowship here. You can come and join us here live and in person. There are online memberships available. But you know what else is better than being a member of Murray Hill Baptist Church? Being a member of the family of God. And if you have not made that choice to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, Savior and leader, talk with one of us. Talk with the pastor, anybody on staff. Talk with other members. Text us. Send us your emails. If you've got questions, we've got the one who knows the answers. How about that? So uh, be, feel free to contact us, and we'd love to talk to you about faith in Christ and what that means and membership in this church. Let's go ahead and continue to worship. I'm going to pray us into the next song. Let's stand together. Father, we're so grateful. We're so grateful that in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of sickness and illness and all kinds of turmoil that's going in, uh, on in the world today, that we know that you are still on the throne. So Lord, this morning, I just ask that you help us to lay down our burdens, that you help us to acknowledge your sovereignty and that, Father, we feel your presence in our lives. We thank you so much for your love, for your grace, for your mercy. And, Father, we thank you for allowing each of us to participate in some small way in your kingdom's plan. Help us now as we worship that we would honor you in everything that we say and do. In Jesus' name.
are so much higher than our ways. There's no way we can ever truly comprehend you, God. And I confess now that I have a difficult time. Even though I see all of the wonderful things that you do, Lord, it's difficult for me to put my faith in you because I am incapable of doing it without your help. So God, I pray that your spirit would rest on us, would rest on me and help us to realize the life of faith that you've designed for us. I pray that you would help us to worship you now with all of our hearts. I search the world. 
Father, we come before you and we acknowledge the fact there really is nothing better than you. The world gives us all kinds of promises and all kinds of things that it suggests will make us complete, bring us peace. But the truth is there's nothing that can give us what you give us. 
So, Father, I just I pray for this time. I pray that your spirit would show up in this room. I pray that you would open all of our hearts and our minds to you, that today would be transformational for us, that we have an encounter with you. Bless this time and use it for your glory. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you for joining us on this holiday weekend. And uh, I need to clarify one announcement. Um, so the first through sixth graders will be starting uh, their Sunday school next week. Preschool, not yet. We're getting real close to that. And hopefully the youth will be starting Sunday as well. And so we're trying to get everything back as best we can. And uh, it has been quite a journey and is still uh, quite a journey. So we go back 16 months and the world changed pretty dramatically. And uh, it changed for churches real dramatically too. And one of the things that we did um, is we, and I guess really I, I was pushing this, but uh, we decided to uh, go online, something we'd never really done, um, other than posting uh, the services uh, after they were done, to, to go live online, to, to create an online fellowship, an online community. And, uh, and so a part of that is, is we realized pretty quick we didn't know what we were doing other than getting the service online. So we, we got some, a company to help us. Um, and one of the things that we have, if you haven't been to our website recently, is we have a section called the Real Life section. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to go to it. Uh, and the Real Life section answers real tough questions, if you will, for people. So it answers questions like, why should I believe in God? And it answers questions uh, about faith. It answers questions about what's a great way to cel celebrate the holidays, uh, those kinds of things. But, but everything there in between. And, and so what happens is, is we, have, uh, we have a company that keeps up with new guests to our website. All right? And they help us. Uh, that's their, their job is to get new guests to our website each month. So we have anywhere from 1,000 from to 2,500 new guests every month. Uh, that sounds like a lot, but in, in, in internet terms, that's not. But it's, it's a lot for us. Well, anyway, what happens is, is this real life page is a page that they go to, right? There's probably 30 different categories that they go to. And the two categories that they go to the most are stress. It's called stress, anxiety, and... Um, uh, and there's another, it's an S word, I can't remember, that, that goes with that. But, but they're, they're stressed out, and they want answers about stress. And then the other one is end times. And it talks about, are these the end times, and how do we know? Right? And those are the, those are the two pages that we have hundreds of people go to every month. All right? And they're not us going to them. They are new people going to those pages. But what the pages do is they present the question, then they present the opposite point of view of what we would believe, and then they have the biblical response. And it's really, it's really pretty cool. All right? But, but those two things are the things that people are drawn to right now. This whole stress and worry thing, anxiety, stress, and worry, that's what it is, is a big deal. It's, it's the one that has the most visits, followed by uh, the ones about the end times. So, um, I've decided that I'm going to try to answer those two questions biblically, right? So for you in here, and, and clearly that's uh, stress is a, something we're dealing with in a big way. So uh, this series, we're going to talk about anxiety and what the scripture says about it. Um, and then next time, we're going to talk about uh, the end times and what's really going on. So um, 
That's where we are, and that's where this came from. And so as we talk about anxiety, uh, one of the things that is phenomenal, uh, I attended a leadership conference virtually a couple weeks ago, and Henry Cloud was one of the speakers. Henry Cloud, if you are familiar, wrote the Boundaries books, and he's a well-known psychologist. And um, he said something fascinating that just rocked me. He said, you know, normally in the United States, 15% of the people are in or should be in clinical care for anxiety. 15%. He said, that's, that's normal. He said, right now, because of the pandemic, that number is 40%. Anxiety is a big deal. And there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of hurt, a lot of confusion about what's going on. So the question is, then we're going to look at this as followers of Jesus. How do I deal with the reality of the worry and the anxiety that's out there? Right? And, and so let me make clear, I am not a psychologist. I don't pretend to be. I'm just going to look at this from a biblical perspective. Right? And if you have problems with it, you can take it to your counselor and talk it through. Right? But, but this, is, this is what Jesus said, and this is what the Bible teaches. So we're going to talk about this for a few weeks. So we're going to start with Jesus in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, and it's on page 1044 if you're in the room using the Pew Bible. And you will see it titled there, Do Not Worry. This is Jesus speaking. Now, right before this, Jesus just told the parable about the rich, rich fool. All right, we're going to be at verse 22. Luke 12, 22. Right? And so he just told the story about the rich, rich fool, the one who said, my crop, I have a bumper crop, so I'm going to build bigger barns. And when I build bigger barns and fill them, I won't have to work anymore. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. That's my, that's my dream, and that's my goal. And then in the story, Jesus said, you fool, tonight your life has been demanded from you, so who's going to enjoy all this stuff you've, you've got for yourself? Okay, so it's in that context then that Jesus in Luke chapter 12, verse 22, um, and we'll read through verse, uh, we'll go ahead through 34, um, and this is what he says. Then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? You have little faith. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief, no, no thief comes, comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus says some really powerful stuff. And he says some stuff that's really hard for us to accept. 
okay? And what Jesus says is, you ready for this? As followers of Jesus, you don't have to worry. I didn't say it. I'm not making it up. Jesus said it. You don't have to worry. So he said it this way. I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Jesus says, you don't have to worry. I, you do, but you don't have to. And one of the joys of following Christ is this reality is that we can live in joy and peace. We can live in contentment. Jesus says, you don't have to worry. And so there, there are several things along with that I think that are very important for us. And the first one is this, is when worry is a part of our lives, it does not come from God. It does not come from God. It comes from inside of us. It comes from, other, from the enemy. It comes from outside sources other than him. It does not come from God. Have, have you ever thought about the reality that God doesn't have to worry? I mean, think about that. If you're Almighty God and you know past, present, and future, and you're in control of where everything's headed in history, what do you have to worry about? Absolutely nothing. And what Jesus is saying in the overarching principle of this is, is God is in charge. You can trust him. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. And I think about worry, and, and I think worry is kind of rooted in fear. It can be fear of not having enough. It can be a fear of losing control. It can be fear of losing a relationship. And all of these things, this fear, it leads us to worry. And I don't know where you are on the worry scale, but some people could be professional worriers that get worried when they don't have something to worry about. Right? Right? And, and here's what I know, that this reality is that some of you are worried. Some of you in the room, some of you online, and you know how I know you're worried? Because I'm your friends on Facebook. And you're worried about things you can't change. And so this worry, it shows itself as fear, and we, we have this desire to keep everything a certain way or to make it a certain way, and we want to accomplish this or accomplish that, and, and when it doesn't go the way we want, it's worry just takes over. But yet the founder of our faith is saying, hey, you don't have to worry. You don't have to. So he explains it this way, and it's very interesting what he says. He says, consider the ravens. Now, here's what you need to know about a raven. Jewish people don't eat ravens. They're unclean. Okay, so they were, you didn't bring a raven for an offering. You didn't eat a raven. It was something that you didn't connect with. So Jesus says, consider these unclean birds. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn yet God feeds them, these unclean birds. And how much more valuable are you are than birds? Don't you think you have more value to God than unclean birds? Well, you do. And then he says, who of you, 
by worrying can add a single hour to your life. The word single hour, the, the Greek really is not hour. It is, the word is cubit. And a cubit is basically a yard, a little shorter, and it's, it's basically the length of one step. And what Jesus really said was, you can't add one step onto your life by worrying. You can't make it go one bit longer by worrying. You can't feed yourself. You can't clothe yourself. You, you can't make the world a better place by worrying. Jesus said you don't have to. You don't have to. I remember when our kids were little and they had just learned to swim. And we didn't have a lot of money, so we went to the pool a lot. And I remember when the kids were young, and, and I didn't know much about lifeguarding. Uh, my wife was a lifeguard in high school, so she helped me a lot. And she explained what lifeguards do and how it happens. So we got there, and I would play with the kids, and then I would want to get out. But I was like, can I trust the lifeguards? So I'd have a talk with my wife, and I'd say, look at the lifeguards and tell me they're doing good. Tell me they know what they're doing. Our kids are okay. So they're, they're doing fine. And so the first visit, it was like I was just really intense watching the kids because I, I didn't trust the lifeguards. The second trip, I trust a little more. And then the third trip, they actually jumped in and saved a kid, not mine. And so after that, I was like, okay, they're paying attention. So it's okay to sit in a chair after I play with them and read or take a nap. In fact, when it's adult time, I may do a belly flop up the high dive. Who knows? Some of us have bellies that are built for that. But eventually, I got to the point where, you know what? I trust them completely. They got their eye on everything. I don't have to worry. Because somebody who knows how to swim way better than I do is watching my kids. See, I think we struggle with this reality that God has been there taking care of us the whole time, but yet we still doubt that he will. And if you think about through your journey in life and you, you realize all the times that God has come through as followers of Jesus, all the times that he's been faithful, he's done nothing to make us doubt his ability and capacity to care for us. He's always come through. But yet at the same time, we, we come to this point where, God, I'm just, just not sure I can trust you with this one. I'm not sure you can handle this one. And whether it's a fear of losing control or a fear of not, not having the relationship right or the fear of not paying the bill or whatever it is, Jesus says, listen, step back, trust you don't have to worry. If you're worrying, you're choosing to worry. You don't have to. Now, please hear me. I'm not making light of any situations or circumstances in life where people are mistreated or that sort of thing. I, I'm really not. But I'm telling you what Jesus said. You don't have to worry. If you worry, it's not from him. Well, he goes on, and he says, Consider how the wildflowers grow. 
They don't labor or spend, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. I use Solomon because Solomon was the wealthiest Jew that ever lived. He was the most powerful and wealthiest Jew that ever lived and the one most admired for what he accomplished as far as, as material gain. He said, look, listen, Solomon and all that he had and all the beautiful clothes that he wore and all the impressive things all around him didn't compare to the flowers that, that God put in the field. And so he goes on and he says, if that is how God clothes, in verse 28, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? See, grass was used as something that you would throw in a furnace or in a fire to, to keep the fire going, and it was something that was very important to them. And, and, and Jesus says, look, here's the grass that you're going to get rid of, and you're going to burn up, and it's, it's going to be meaningless in a couple of days. But look how God dresses the grass. Surely you're more important than grass. Surely you matter more to God than the grass does. You see what Jesus was talking about? He was talking about how people get focused, like in the parable of the, the rich, rich fool right, that just happened. He was talking about the reality that people focus on material things. And when they focus on material things and material life and what's going on today, they worry. Don't worry. Does that mean we don't have problems? No. Does that mean we don't have difficulties? No. Does it, does it mean that life is always going to be a bed of roses and exactly how we like it? Of course not. But Jesus said we don't have to worry. And so we have to ask ourselves, did he mean it or was he just joking? Was he serious when he said we don't have to worry or was he just teasing us? Pretty confident he meant it. Jesus meant that we don't have to worry. So, Jesus, of course, being the great teacher, he doesn't leave it with that. You know, he, he doesn't stop and say, hey, you don't have to worry. He tells you how not to worry. Right? So let's go on to verse 31. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out. So Jesus starts off and says, listen, if you focus on my kingdom, if you focus on who I am and the kingdom that I've created, remember the one we talked about in the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus said, this is my kingdom. If you focus on my kingdom and on me, Instead of the temporary stuff, worry will run away from you. Do not be afraid, verse 32, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. And the kingdom of Jesus, and, and this is very important, the kingdom of Jesus Christ is here and now and present. And we are citizens of that kingdom. And we represent that kingdom in our conversations and the way we live our lives. Jesus says the kingdom is here and present. Focus on it. And worry will run away. 
Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. And Jesus says, focus on the things that are eternal, not on the things that are temporary. And when you focus on the things that are eternal and not temporary, verse 34, for where your treasure heart, there, there your heart will be, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When you focus on the permanent, your heart will be focused on the permanent. And when you're focused on the permanent, Worry runs away. One time when my daughter was in high school, she called and her pickup truck had stalled just about a quarter mile from the house. So Josh happened to be home and, and Ladine was there and so we drove down and Josh and I, I decided, all right, we need to get the pickup back home. So Cheris got behind the steering wheel and Josh and I pushed the truck and Ladine drove behind us and it was only a quarter mile. It was not any serious traffic or anything. Um, but the truck was really heavy. And by the time we got into our little neighborhood, um, I was tired. I was significantly younger then, too. But we had one last little stretch to get to the house, and, and it was just a, a small incline. It wasn't huge, but it felt like it was Mount Everest. I said, Josh, we can do this, man. Let's give it one good go, get the momentum going, and we'll get up the hill, and we'll be done. So we did. We pushed as hard as we could. We got the momentum going. We got the truck back home, put it in park on the emergency brake. My sweet wife came to me and said, what are you going to do now? I thought for a minute, and I said, I'm going to call a tow truck. And I thought, that has to be one of the dumbest things I've ever done in my life. Because <laughs> that tow truck would have met me anywhere. But I got the truck home, pushed it all away. I did it. But see, for some reason, I wasn't looking at the big picture. What I saw in my little brain was I need to get the truck home. I couldn't see past the fact that the truck was going to be towed away anyway. Because what the focus was is I have to get the truck home. And I called, they came, towed it away. And I thought, well, that was easy. But see, here's what we do. And, and, and this is what Jesus was saying. When you focus on what's right in front of you, instead of what's eternal, you're going to make bad choices. And in fact, when those things that are right in front of you are, are so tough, and that's all you're focused on, you're going to be trapped in worry. And what you have to remember is, I've overcome this world. I've overcome it. I've won victory here. And you don't have to worry because you have it all together. You don't have to worry because I won. 
And if you focus on what really matters, when you focus on me and my kingdom and what really matters, worry runs away. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be scared. So I really think Jesus meant it. Now, I, I conceive this reality. There's a lot we could worry about today. If we let ourselves focus on right now and what's going on in this world, there's a lot that we could worry about. Because the world seems to be a mess. But no matter how big of a mess the world is, Jesus is still king. And his kingdom is still real. And we have to understand that we live in the kingdom now and one day we'll live in the kingdom in its perfection. And so Jesus says you don't have to worry. You can trust me. Right, so now I'm going to get just a tad bit personal with you. Practical things that you could do to overcome worry. You ready? For one week, I challenge you just for one week, don't look at Facebook. For one week, don't look at Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is you look at online. One week. I challenge you for one week to not watch the news. But I might miss something. If a major event happens, I promise you'll know. One week. You see, most of you are groaning inside, going, oh, I can't do that. But here's what I'm going to tell you. If you do that, you watch what happens to your blood pressure. You watch what happens to your fear. You see, if you haven't figured it out yet, the world has decided that the way they can make money is to make us afraid. If they make us afraid, they will make us watch our favorite news channel. If they make us afraid, they will make us go online and, and follow those people who believe what we already believe and make us mad. And somehow we feel good when we're mad when things are wrong. One week, I double dog dare you. One week, see what happens. Here's what you'll find you'll find that the world is working really hard to make you worry. Because if the world can make you worry, you become dependent on the world to fix things. And Jesus said you don't have to worry. You don't have to. The world says, no, no, you, you've got to worry about it because if you worry about it, it'll make it better. No. I dare you. One week, not a month, not a year, one week. 
see what happens. And I know what's going to happen. The first day, you're just going to be, oh, i got to pick up my phone. Put it in another room. Turn it off. Whatever. Do something else. Read a book. There's a thought. Read the scripture. That's even better. Or talk to somebody. Face to face. There's a thought. Watch what happens. And the Spirit of Christ will make it clear to you, you know what? I really don't have to worry. My God's bigger than all of this. And what you will find out if you do this for a week is you can't fix any of it anyway. But you can trust the one who can. So that's your challenge. One week. Turn it all off. Some of you already decided, no, I'm not going to do it. See it in your eyes. But I double-dog dare you one week. See what happens. At the end of that week, you will realize Jesus is still king. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that we don't have to worry. And Father, forgive us in this reality that we choose to worry anyway as if we somehow can help you fix everything that's wrong. Lord, help us to trust. And Lord, I, I pray that we would be challenged this week to try something different. Because the truth is, we keep doing the same stuff over and over and over, and we keep getting the same results. And Father, I pray that there will be people who take this challenge. And I pray that you restore in them trust. I thank you that our hope is not in this world that our hope is not in the value of our bank account or in the house that we live in or the car that we drive or the job that we have. But our hope's in you. And so Lord, I pray that today, whether here or online, that, that people would be drawn to making you the center of the world. Even if it's just this one week so that they can see what happens when we trust you. Now, Father, I pray if there's anyone here that does not know you, that today you would draw them to yourself, and today would be a transformational day for them, that they would be your followers. Bless this time and use it for your glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This very one who said you don't have to worry, went to the cross and died for you to fix the biggest worry that you have, separation from God. See, because of choices that we make, because of sin in our lives, we separate ourselves from God, and, and we can't make it right. So the one who told us we don't have to worry went to the cross and died for us to do for us what we could never do for ourselves, to bridge the gap between us and God. 
And if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your life as your forgiver and leader, we invite you to make that decision. Most important decision you'll ever make. And if you know today that God is calling you to himself, we just invite you to respond. It's the most important decision ever. And if you're here in the room and you'd like to know about faith and what that means and how that happens, and invite you in a minute to, as we sing to come to the Welcome Center and let's talk about faith and what it means. Or if you're online, you can text us or email us. There will be people guarding the phones ready to respond to you. But if you sense God saying, I want you to be mine today, say yes. Maybe you're here and God has put on your heart that you need to be part of this community of faith. Whether you're here or online, we invite you to do that. What a great opportunity to live for the kingdom of Jesus Christ as a family of faith. Or maybe today, you've realized beyond a shadow of a doubt that you've been worried. Jesus said you can be set free from that. Will you trust him? Will you trust him? I want to invite you to respond today as we stand and worship together. You respond as the Spirit leads.
Thank you for joining us this week, Murray Hill. We, we invite you to accept our pastor's challenge as we go out this week and we try to remember that we don't have to worry, that God's got this. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next Sunday.